Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week we cover business topics to help you grow your full-time business or your side hustle. We'll also bring you interviews from a variety of people winning in their space to share valuable business insights and life lessons. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a full-time content creator running FixThisBuildThat.com, and my co-host John Malecki runs a full-time furniture company and his content site, JohnMalecki.com. We've been growing our successful businesses online, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 102. Now, today we're interviewing two of the OGs in the DIY building space. Ashley Turner and Whitney Gaynor are the sisters behind Shanny to Chic, and they've been running their DIY furniture and home decor website for almost a decade now. Now, what started as a fun hobby has turned into a full-fledged, massive brand, and today they're going to walk us through their growth story, their success, and how they've always let staying true to their brand guide their decisions. Yeah, these ladies are really crushing it. They've been on HGTV, featured in numerous magazines and on a ton of websites, and they even have their own furniture line at home stores. Being in the game for a decade now, these two have some super impressive social numbers as well. I'm going to take a deep breath before I rattle these ones off. With 139,000 subscribers on YouTube, 424,000 Facebook fans, 556,000 Pinterest followers, and 646,000 Instagram followers, these two are a force to be reckoned with. Oh, and not to mention millions of monthly page views on their website. Super impressive conversation. Had an absolute blast talking to these two. Absolutely. They get into it. Uh, it's great to be able to talk with somebody with a, a pair of of ladies that have been in the business for so long. And they have some great things to share. Before we do get into it, we want to thank our new members that joined the MFP patron tribe this week. And we had Tom Waltz. Thank you, Tom, for joining. If you want to support the show and get some awesome rewards, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash made for profit. But without further ado, here's our interview with Ashley and Whitney from Shandy to Chic. Welcome back to another awesome interview for Made for Profit. We're so excited to have some legends on the show today. We have Shani Tashik. We have Whitney Gaynor and Ashley Turner. Ladies, welcome to Made for Profit. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. Absolutely. I think this is our first like dual interview in different locations. So this, this yes. should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is. We always add an extra layer of fun to everything. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, <laughs> Thank you so much. I know that, uh, gosh, what I think we met back in maybe 2015 at Haven. It's it's been it's been a while, and I was like so fangirling. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Shannon. Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, I'm, I'm doing so- that right now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were so so, so sweet and so nice, uh, and and it was really fun to meet you guys, and then you know being able to see you guys. Uh, grow and learn about y'all. So for those who have not had a chance to meet you and may not know about you because uh, we have a lot of product people that may not uh, do a lot of blogging and things like that. So why don't you guys just uh, give us a quick rundown of, of Shana the Sheik about uh, you know what y'all's business is about and what do you guys do? Well, we started blogging uh, in 2009. So we're about 10 years in and we started a blog one night um, because Whitney was looking for a tutorial to make some window shades or something, right? Yes. I was looking for like a window treatment Mm. and I had, I pulled up a, a blog at the time and this girl 
was on there just showing people how to do it. And then she was sharing pictures. And I was like, Ashley and I both kind of have a teaching background. We love to teach people stuff. And so at that point, we're like, let's let's start a blog. It was that night. And we learned what the word blog was. And we kind <laughs> of decided we would just do every other time together. We picked a platform and uh, we came up with our name, which uh, we knew at the, our style at the time was like shabby, very like shabby, but we didn't want to use that word shabby. So we, we did a, th- a thesaurus, Ashley, and looked up like yeah. similar words. And that's where we came up with shanty, which is actually a noun for those of you. We get criticized uh, yeah, for using old, that word, but we, yeah, like an old house, it's right? an old shanty, yeah. rundown house. <laughs> yes, but people say we use it out of context and we're like, yes, we do <laughs> intentionally. So we started it that night and we were posting like four or five times a week and it was strictly like people would go read your blog and they would comment and they had link parties. So that was like the easiest way to grow was to do these link parties and share your project every Tuesday night or whenever it was. So we were just working for comments. And merely that I will say, like, look, every week it was like we would see someone else that had a blog with a certain amount of Google followers if any of y'all remember those. And we would be like, man, we want to get more than that person. And it wasn't be- for any other reason other than growing and getting comments. That's all That's all we blogged for for the first at least two years. <laughs> Every single <laughs> those time. Those comments so, are like, these comments are gold. Yes, yeah. it was crazy. It was comments crazy. Comments are life. We had a, yeah, we had a friend come to us um, after two or three years. And she was like, you know, do you mind me asking how much y'all are making on your blog? And we laughed at her. I vividly remember laughing at her like, we don't make a dime. We actually like spend money. And we had just done a site. We had just done a website redesign. And she had noticed because we used the same lady that she used. And she was like, well, those aren't cheap. And we were like, yeah, we just spent our own money (laughs) for it. So she taught us how to monetize our site with Google ads and then another ad network. So overnight, we went from making nothing. And we had a substantial amount of page views to making enough money for me to quit my part-time job. And we took it full full steam ahead. And immediately after that, we opened our Instagram account. That was in 2013, I think. Nice. So that that's, <laughs> and so, so as, <laughs> as you guys grew there, I mean, uh, and then obviously you got on all the other social networks, right? Like you cannot, mm-hmm, yeah. you cannot, you know, swing a pin on Pinterest without hitting a, a Shane the Sheik pin. You guys you like can. own DIY Pinterest, you, you and Anna. Um, <laughs> so uh, as, as you... Pinterest was good to us. Yeah, because like when it, it was. when it first yeah. started, yeah, because it was kind of like uh, that land grab, as they call it, right? Is that when before a lot of yeah. people were out there, um, yeah. you know, how, how did that look as far as like, so you got your Instagram and your social, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about how, like what did... What did you figure out as far as what, were you still just working with ads or uh, were you finding other ways to monetize the site? And, you know, how did that whole process grow as you as you kept going? Well, everything well, kind of hit at once because the girl that reached out to us to teach us how to monetize. She also told us about a conference that she had coming up that she was going to in was Haven. So that was what, 2012, mm-hmm. maybe was the first Haven. So all of that kind of happened at the same time. We met, uh, Ryobi was having a class there. We were already working with Craig Jig a little bit. And that kind of started with our brand sponsorships. I think, too, we walked into that conference with um, 
intentions. Like we went in to, and we had a purpose to meet every brand that we thought would like us that we could um, actually genuinely work with. And we, I, we always say we started dating those brands at that point. Um, especially now so many, you know, bloggers or influencers, they want to get paid right out of the gate with some of these bigger brands. And we just have always said, that's just like the best way to start working with a brand is to date them for free, to show each other, show them like your values and what you can bring to the table. And that might include a free project here or there to begin with. And um, from there, that's really what we did going into that conference. We did it with three different brands there. And because of that, we still now have relationships with those three brands, you know, but we didn't make any money. It was more just establishing a relationship with them. And that was our goal going into that conference. So, yeah, so we met them in person, which we say face to face, like always is the best. It's always worked the best for us is to have that face to face uh, meeting interaction interaction. from the beginning. And for a year, we didn't start getting paid. It was at least a year before we started getting actual paid sponsorships after we had done like the year of dating and showing them what we could give them. Right. Just being yeah, able to do that. Yeah. Because that, that's what we talk about. We have a lot of, uh, and I think in the new, kind of the new era, if you will, mm-hmm. of the um, of the social media influencer, right, is that uh, everybody wants the free product and everybody wants the, you know, they're like, well, I, I, I need to get paid. And, and you know, because, you know, we talk about you have to know your value and get paid and, and you do. But uh, especially today with so many people out there, like these brands have so many to choose from. And even back then, because like when you went to, because same thing, I went to the Haven Conference in 2015, I believe was my first, the first conference. And that just such a great conference that taught me about the the background of it. So I know uh, how you guys probably felt going in the same time uh, and learning all those things. But uh, when you go there, even there, all those people, at those conference want to talk to the same brands, right? Like they kind of have oh, yeah. the, the yeah. pick of the litter. So you, yeah, I, I love that. I love that kind of mindset of, of giving before you try to take. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, um, you know, if you were in the regular working a nine to five and you were going to go on a job interview, they're not going to pay you up front to come to the job interview. You've got to, you know, show your words, prove to them. So I think it's kind of the same thing, just on a a longer time, time span. Yeah. And I think you're talking about the new era of influencers. And it's also a negative that there have been three to four years now since this is all developed a lot of those brands now have been burned multiple times by other influencers Mm -hmm. that have committed to X, Y, and Z, and they don't have the numbers or the outcome. Those brands took a chance probably with the wrong influencer. And now even getting your foot in the door is really difficult. And so a lot of these brands have moved on to PR companies to do that work. And that makes it, I mean, there's nothing worse, y'all know, than working with a PR company. I w- <laughs> it is just the worst. So I I just think being able to that, like Ashley said, establishing that one-on-one, face-to-face um, trust with a company, and that's, you know, it's been really helpful for us. But it, it is hard now with, you know, being so many years back and so many brands have already messed up with others. So Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've done that with a few brands, and uh, I find that, it, you know, that technique or tactic works great if you're trying to uh, establish like a new brand to whatever your certain vertical might be or, your, or you know, bring them uh, awareness to your demographic. Um, 
because there's going to be that like, you know, learning curve or experience with you saying like, you know, for me, for instance, like, hey, you know, my audience is this much male and I do metalworking and I do woodworking and I can bring these eyeballs to it um, for them to go. Well, you know, it sounds good. And, and if you're if you're willing to go out on a limb for the brand, they're typically willing to invest in you long term um, from my experience. So I think that's a great piece of advice because everyone right now, like like Brad was saying, just wants to dive in and get paid. And, and you guys said that, too, is get paid immediately. When I think that if you want a like quality long term relationship, that it's not always necessary to say, hey, pay me up front um, in order to do so. Like you can still win now um, with trying to actually add value and wins for the brands compared to just getting paid to be an influencer. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think- go ahead, Ash. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Well, no, I was just saying like to that effect, we've always been the type of our brand in particular or our, I guess, I don't know what you would call it, but like we would much prefer a long-term relationship with a brand for many years than one-off opportunities. And we have found, you know, some of those one-off opportunities, they pay really well, but you're done. Like they don't, that's all they want. And then, and it really, it's just better for us and in a way more job security to establish a relationship where we know we can always come to them creatively and they can, it's just, it's quick. It's not that long turnaround for one job and then you're done. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And going, going back to the dating thing too, uh, and what John was saying about, you know, introducing them to your new market. A lot of these, you know, marketing people that you're talking to have higher ups that they have to convince that you're worth the spend. So we've kind of, you know, that, that's another situation where we don't have a budget for you right now. Show us what you have. Then we can show this to our higher ups and get some budget approved. And then you've got the higher ups that see value in you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to remember there's like real people working for these brands, right? And that you're not walking in there. So I love that you guys touched on the face to face interaction. I um, mean, you know, Brad and I promote the the concept of going to shows and meeting individuals in person and actually having conversations um, and, and being able to do so you're able to relate to a human being. Um, and, mm-hmm. and like you got, like you were just saying that that person does have to go and report to someone else like in there, typically you're not going to go walk into a, a company. And now there is a lot of companies now that you might be talking to the CEO or the owner, or the founder, or the inventor, or whatever. But typically there's going to be some sort of, you know, uh, like chain of command within those oh, yeah. those companies. And if you can create as much of a value add or a win for for the, the individuals whom you are communicating with um, yeah, as much as possible, you're more than likely going to be able to create a longer term relationship instead of one on one interaction. You know, Brad and I now we working with agencies and all of the disconnect between the actual brands themselves that are happening. Yeah. Uh, it's just oh, it's just so taking funny. away from those like <laughs> those human interactions yeah. and those and those things yes. that make make uh, it actually makes the the relationship building of a brand uh, relationship fun. You know, when you can collaborate with the, the people making the decisions instead of just a liaison to the people making decisions. Um, so I think that's great. And I think that's also extremely valuable in any type of business. Right. Is that if you can go and have a, an actual real one on one interaction with somebody, you're you're probably going to be able to find out which way that relationship is going to go much easier than than trying to guess over an email or a phone. A hundred percent. Totally agree. And adding a third party to it has always frustrated me because you know your brand better than anybody else knows your brand. The company mm-hmm. knows their brand better than anybody else knows it. And when you put somebody in the middle, stuff gets muddy. Like you're, mm-hmm. it's like playing telephone. Yes. And a lot of so, those people too, those PR companies, they'll represent, you know, 
a an appliance company and maybe a clothing company at the same time. And they're supposed to know so much about both. And so we found that with several of these, we call them PR girls, <laughs> they just, they don't really know the brand that they're representing at all. So no. it's like, we're, we're kind of filling them in on things and it's just, it adds so much time to the relationship, like so much wasted time or things will just never happen because it gets lost in translation. So, right. It's a big yeah. frustration. Yeah. Us. So so going on that a little bit, you know, like what, you know, being almost a decade in on this and, you know, maybe six or seven years hardcore on on the sponsors inside, like what um, how how have you found that those relationships have, um, you know, so do you like avoid uh, for the PR as far as like when they're coming, as far as when you're going out, uh, if, are you trying to go like, have you found ways to because I know sometimes like companies will have PR agencies, but you know, sometimes if you meet somebody at a show or something that you can get around that at times, have you, have you guys been successful at all in trying to get direct just so, and not even so much to cut the middle person out as far as the money goes, even though that's, you know, cause they're getting paid too. And that takes away from what mm -hmm. they can pay the creators. But, uh, you know, have you had any success getting in just so that you can really form that relationship? Because once that barrier is there, it's so hard to get around. Have y'all been able to kind of navigate that? It was easier seven years ago than it was now. I think Whitney got a hold of Craig Jig because she Googled the marketing manager of Craig Jig. <laughs> I got his email. Like in 2012. So, and he, she got his email and he emailed right back. And I think it's hit or miss. We always try to get a hold of the brand and somebody in marketing there before we go with it. We don't ever reach out to a PR company. Yeah. And we typically don't reach out to a company unless we see that they are fairly active on social that they have posted at least within the last month because if they're not not that they won't be one day but they probably don't have budget allocated for it and they probably don't see the value in it initially you know so it's kind of a waste of our time so so to speak but um i think too one one way we do we try instagram messaging at first if they have a fairly active instagram and a lot of times if we don't get that we'll go to personal Facebook and cause you can't message from business Facebook, but we will, you know, say who we are, give the link to our Facebook page and just hit them up there. Occasionally, the, most of the time they'll either the PR will respond or they say here, we're going to connect you with so-and-so with our PR company. So, and I will say not all PR companies have been horrible. We've had some wonderful PR companies to work with. <laughs> Uh, I, I'd say about 10% of them are awesome and very on top of things. And then 90% kind of get in the way. So I don't know if there's a way to really, but like Ashley said, seven years ago, they didn't really have PR companies to handle social because it really wasn't a thing. But now influencers, I mean, people are going to college to do what we do right now. And so these jobs have been established and they're hiring just for that. So it's just it's changed. It's a title so on much. The Bachelor now. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> it is. Yes. They have wow. it, social media influencer, social, yeah, social, yeah. social yeah. manager. Well, it's funny because uh, and John and I were just having this conversation, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago about about that exact thing that we see more and more of the PR companies and the companies that they that they don't want to they don't want to deal with it because they have it's you know, if you imagine that you are a brand um, and you are active on social, like just imagine how many hundreds of requests you're getting like daily yeah. 
of like for yeah. free product, for free product. Like, I mean, you almost have, like you have to have, at least on social, you have to have somebody running social that's just like, you know, taking care of business and just like saying no, 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 or like whatever <laughs> their stock answer is that you, you can't run it anymore as a, especially as a small business, you can't afford to do that more than likely. So um, I, I love, I love Whitney, the little hack of like, you know, people that are more active on social are obviously going to be more willing to invest in social media influencers. Cause I think mm -hmm. a lot of people um, kind of take that for granted. They're like, well, yeah, I'm going after, you know, company X, Y, Z. Well, they don't even have like an Instagram account. I mean, they're still, yeah. Yeah. especially yeah. like in woodworking. They're not there yet. <laughs> right. Exactly. And like old school, specifically like hand tool woodworking, a lot mm -hmm. of those people do not have uh, social media accounts, you know, and I've heard yeah. people being like, well, I, you know, I'm trying to get trying to get sponsored by this, like, listen, if they're not even on social media, they're not going to pay you. They ain't going to give you money. <laughs> that, that's where the higher ups come in. And you're like, there's no way they're going to prove to these higher ups that these eyeballs on Instagram matter and they're worth spending money on. Right, right. exactly. So that is, that's a great little hack of takeaway. It's like the more active they are, uh, you know, it's a flip side there too, because the more active they are, probably the more people are coming in. But at the same right. time, uh, they probably have a better way to deal with that. So that's, that's a, an interesting way to think about I, it. I think it's like really smart though to like uh, sort of on your own and vet the brands you're reaching out to as well as understand that if they don't have resources enough to allocate to having a social media marketing team, that that's an opportunity for you to add value to their brand, right? So, it, you know, if they're on Insta, if they're not hard on Instagram and you really love a brand, like buckle up and go to work for that brand, right? You know, like, hey, yeah. let me create awareness for you on this platform. Yeah. Um, and because I'm, you know, I'm good at it with, I know how I'm doing it with my audience. I know how I can add value to my audience and then convert them over to yours. Like, you know, take that sort of leap of faith to build that relationship. And and I've done that with a few brands where I've been like, all right, here, you need exposure to all these dudes that need deodorant and follow me. And they're like, <laughs> yes, we do. You know what I mean? Because because yeah. we understand yeah. our audiences and nobody nobody does better than we do. Right. And, and you said you right, touched right. on that before, which I think is highly valuable. And then understanding like the spectrum of how real influence works go into those brands that might not be there and you know, just because someone doesn't have a social media following doesn't necessarily mean that <laughs> you're not going to be able to work with them. It might just mean that you're going to have to be the one to build that following for them. And then, you know, it, potentially that could become something that's extremely long-term where yeah. you're negotiating equity and you're negotiating, you know, things that aren't typically on the table for influencers. Um, so think of that, you know, as, as our listeners, if, if you're willing, if you want to be in this game long-term, that that is a mindset that you kind of have to have is that you need to be thinking about how you can win for these brands, not so much just take a chunk out of their marketing budget. Um, and, yeah. and that's definitely one way to go about it. For sure. I think that's kind of what we did with Ryobi, to be mm -hmm. honest. Like we met them when they were Navy Blue, you know, and that yeah. was one of those brands <laughs> that we met in that meeting. And I I like to say that us and probably a few others kind of put Ryobi on the social map in a way. Like we made them cool, you know, because oh, before that it, they weren't really talked about. So I, I see exactly what you mean. It's it's harder now that there's so many. It's so oversaturated. But I I fully agree 100 percent. And I was thinking like you saying the word influencer, Ashley and I like we got to where we wouldn't call ourselves bloggers because it had like such a stigma to it. You know, mm -hmm. like it was cool to say at first because I, I mean, we were proud of it. 
But then it was like, oh, we, we're not bloggers. Like, we have a website. We are website owners, you know? <laughs> and now we get to where, like, I don't like to call myself an influencer. Yeah. We like to call ourselves designers and carpenters and, you know, but not, it's funny how, like, so it's been, it's just been, like, I don't know, changed so much. Like, it's, there's such a stigma now to people wanting something for nothing. And yeah. it, we just don't like to have our name wrapped on that as much as possible. Well, I, so. I, th I think that that um, sort of evolution that you're speaking of to not only the marketplace for what we bring to the table, but as well as each one of our individual businesses is something that is uh, it, it's it's really prevalent, but it's also um, like super interesting. And, and, and we were sort of chatting before we started recording, but like you guys have done an incredible job of adapting to change over the the decade that you've been doing this now. And then, and, you know, uh, going from just blog to then Instagram to now, you know, as in you guys are flipping a house and you have your own line and like, you know, this constant expansion of the brand. I think what's happening a lot more often now is that uh, individuals and businesses are becoming strangled by their inability to adapt and that they're like stuck in one, you know, say on one platform or in one. Right. Why don't you guys touch a little bit on, you know, how you've how you've seen essentially the um, the spectrum of the maker community or the woodworking community, the, the, the DIY and, and planned community um, grow and how you guys have kind of adapted to it. Cause I, I love that aspect of your business. Thank you. Thank you. Well, like we said at the beginning, we started with a blog and it was all comments and people were reading blogs like they're on Instagram. So essentially now people go to a blog if they need to get some information, but they're so oversaturated, they're not going to leave comments like they used to. They're not going to go from one blog to another blog like they used to. So I think we're just trying to, kind of, we always say we're just going to ride the train while it's there. So we kind of did that with Pinterest, ride the train while it's there. Instagram, same thing, ride the train while it's there. There's We, we never want to be like miss out on an opportunity, but we don't ever put all of our focus on that one train. We also, on just to that effect, like, to that same statement, we kind of stepped back about, I don't know, six months ago, um, because our goal in the last 10 years, when, like she said, with the trains, everything, everything should help promote shantytosheet.com. So there's all these platforms that we can focus on that grow and are great and awesome, but they are just a, uh, they are just a stepping stone to promote the big thing, which is our brand. So like when we agreed to do television, it was like, okay, we're only going to do television if it actually pushes our brand and grows our brand because we knew that that train for sure wouldn't last long, even if it took off. And so I think we stepped back about six months ago with YouTube because we were so like pushing YouTube and it was doing great for us. But we kind of were like that in a way kind of became our focus and content and everything kind of took a back seat to recording and doing YouTube. So we just kind of so you're like, what can we build yeah. that we can actually shoot? Cause we try to shoot three to four videos in a day. Mm -hmm. What can we actually physically build ourselves and get four videos out of? And so then we, our plans were becoming a lot smaller and more um, down. simple, which is great, right. but we, we were lacking like the beefy plans that we used to, cause we didn't have time to do it. So that's what we thought. We you know we've put it, we, somebody told us to get a business started, it takes two years uh, to turn a profit, basically. 
that's the standard. And we saw that with our website back in 2009. It took about two, two and a half years to start making a profit. We knew we had invested in YouTube for two years. We were putting a video out every week. So that's like Whitney said. We said, okay, we've built it to where we want it right now. Now we can you know, go back to focusing on our blog and we'll still shoot videos. But now we've cut back to two videos a month. And those promote Shaney to Chic where like, it's like we, it's kind of like we got off track a little bit without even realizing we did. And we put ourselves back on track. And I just know like from a creative standpoint, it's helped both of us like so much. And so it, it was just, I don't, it, it, almost, it happened because it had to, but it was kind of like cool to just remind ourselves like that will always be the focus and everything else is just a train that you ride while it's there, but you own your brand. So you know, I think a lot of these influencers put a lot of eggs into one single basket, but Instagram will go away just like Facebook has gone away. I mean, it's not gone away. It'll be there forever, but it won't do what it's doing for them right now and pay them what it is right now. So right. I just always think, that's, Gosh, what are they going to do? <laughs> go ahead. Al. Well, and we, we were there when Facebook, Facebook was like Instagram was like, we're getting so much traffic from it. It's growing like crazy. This was back in like 2013. And then all of a sudden the algorithms hit and Facebook, I think we went from growing, I don't know, a thousand a week, 2000, something like that to nothing. Like we would grow like 30 in a week. And <laughs> now we're seeing the same thing years later happen with Instagram. And we just know it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to happen to every platform. They're going to figure out a way to, you know, right. to do the, get their advertisers in. And, exactly. It's so interesting because uh, we were having this this sidebar a little bit while we were getting set up to record with you guys. Uh, and so just to bring the audience into it, we were talking about Instagram and some of the the slowdown that we had that we've all all four of us or three of our accounts have seen. And um, and we've heard it as well in the made for profit tribe that things are happening. And and with with Instagram, they they just launched this new creators thing. Right. So it's like uh, an influencer account. And that's the precursor because in Facebook, as they started monetizing video, I think everybody's trying to go to video and Instagram's really pushing IGTV. And now at the same time, they're doing this video creator. Like you could just see exactly what you guys are saying. You can see the wheels turning. You can see, you know, everything's going in motion that you know that they are just going to, it's going to turn into exactly what Facebook, they are owned by Facebook. Facebook, it makes a buku crazy ton of money and they do it in a certain way. And the way they do that is pay to play, right? Pay oh. for reach, pay for boost, all that stuff. And after they give you this, influx, they, they, bait yeah. you. they bait you. They're <laughs> catch yes, they are. Yeah. It is so, if you watch it and look back at every single time, I'm like, man, it's, it's almost like so bad how they do it, but it works. I mean, they're I guess like, for yeah. some people. Pinterest the is doing the exact dealer. same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Pinterest is doing the exact same it's thing. It's just like the drug dealer. He's like, you know, they're, 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 <laughs> yes. he's, he's giving you like, here, I'll, I'll give you the first bag for free, man. And then, yeah. uh, <laughs> then, then at the end, you know, he's, he's cutting it in half with, uh, you know, baking powder or something. I don't know. I don't know. I've watched Narcos. You sound very unexperienced, right? Yeah, I, I am. I'm, I'm totally. This guy <laughs> hosed me on an eight ball last week. I'm still pissed. Uh, no. So I, I think that that just like looking at that, uh, it, it's such a great perspective to keep. And um, and I think we've all been where you, where you, you guys have just talked about, like you want to grow these platforms because uh, you're seeing benefit from them. And then you, you look back and you're like, wow, I'm spending all this time on YouTube, but I don't own YouTube. Mm -hmm. And and y'all own ShanityTheChic.com and and your email list and and the, and your brand. 
And that is just that is such a, a great thing to stay focused on throughout the long haul. Because John and I talk about this all the time, like all these influencers that are just on Instagram, like like what y'all just said, when when Instagram goes, we talk about like Vine, like all those people that like that was what they did. They did Vine and they were like had yep. millions of followers on Vine and then and Vine gone. literally disappeared. <laughs> like they didn't get algorithm. They just yes. it was gone. Boom. Yeah. And and hopefully, you know, some of those people uh, were able to get on other platforms. But no, I, I think that's wonderful because. Um, that is the core. So as you guys think about YouTube and you think about Instagram and your website, how, how do you, um, because I know like one of your big things is, is free plans. And I remember talking with y'all and maybe 2016, I think we were in Anderson and I was like, yeah. y'all need to start selling your plans. And you're like, no, we're <laughs> well, doing we've been, it. <laughs> we've been talking about you lately. Cause we, with that step back that we took a few weeks ago and just talking to, you know, some of our SEO guys and stuff, we're like, it's something that we're looking into ways to do that, you know, like without, but do it alongside with still doing what we do, you know, like. It's hard because we've had free plans for 10 years. So, right. and that's, it's hard to, you know, that's right. appreciated by our readers. We don't want to be Facebook to them where we've given right, them all yeah, this yeah, great like, stuff. And then we're like, well, thank you for it. <laughs> now they're but to go to go back on certain things that it, that they've had several years you know, we've just talked. I don't I don't even know how much of this to talk about because we don't it's all in the air for us, too. But like, you know, there's just ways that we can probably present our content better that would they're still getting it for free, but maybe they get a better version of it if they pay a little a little bit more. You know what I mean? So they so, can so they're we're not taking it away from them. They're still yeah. getting the free plans. But what can we do to make their user experience better if they pay? Sure. Right. Yeah, so they would be paying version. for user experience. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. That they can print and, and write on and everything else. So and all those things that go along with it, right? Or or I mean, but that's, your name came up with that. Just by the, <laughs> we're like, we need to talk to Brad. <laughs> yes. we've done that a few times. I remember. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, back in the day, I was like, y'all really. And and then back then, it was like, well, we have we've been giving away for seven years, and I'm like, well, yeah. And so now you're ten years giving away, and <laughs> <laughs> here we are. So yeah. uh, like, a, as you guys have, um, let's let's talk a little bit about because John. John uh, hit it a minute ago. Hi, Let's I'm John. About, yeah, still here. <laughs> Sorry, no uh, plans, by the way. My plans. But anyway, uh, let's talk about <laughs> your your line. Let's talk like so. I yeah. love like whenever I'm whenever I'm. I always hate. I hate. I mean, I wish the name wasn't the what it is because I always say at at home and that always sounds weird. But the store at home. Uh, <laughs> That you guys have a product line. So they, uh, you know, like, hello, talk about that. Like, that is so, so awesome. I mean, that you you guys are are pioneering. I mean, there's no other DIY or creator, influencer, whatever you want to call it in our space that I know of that has a, a product line. Like, how did that all go down? How did, how did those conversations happen? So that's one of the moments where we say, like, the face-to-face -face interaction is huge. So, and it started with a PR company. So we were, which is the PR company is great, but, um, we had a PR company reach out to us because when we shot the HGTV shows, we tagged them at home because we were using their decor and they reached out, Hey, can we share your stuff? We were like, yeah, that's great. And then they contacted us and said, Hey, we want to see if you guys would come and do, uh, what is it? A media tour? Yeah, uh, it, was a, it was a virtual media tour. So like yeah. we were recording live, but it wasn't they would send it out to different cities. So we weren't visiting different cities. We were doing it in one spot, but they were broadcasting it in several cities. And we were like, OK, whatever. 
they had hair and makeup. We were like, we'll, we'll do it. It'll be fun. <laughs> so that's, we and did then, that. Go ahead, Ash. We did that. And then they said, okay, well, we're also going to have a store opening in Plano. Their headquarters, they moved from Houston to Dallas or Plano. And they said, can you come do the store opening? And we were like, yeah, that's great. So it was like that night, I think, that we did the store opening after the media tour. I don't remember exactly. But the CEO of that home was at the store event when we did like our little spiel and said hi and why we love at home. And then he emailed us maybe like two weeks, a month later, and just asked us to come have lunch with him. Yeah, he said he was yeah. like, do y'all want to come tour the facility? And we were like, okay, you know, like we just went, we actually didn't <laughs> sure. want to go, but we were like, it's a free lunch. We'll just go. <laughs> so we went and he showed us everything. It was cool. And then he sat us down and it was, there were more than, it was more than just us there. There were several people there. And he was like, you know, at the very end. It was a was, whole boardroom. Oh it, yeah. It was, it was a like whole boardroom. A lot of people. And he was like, yeah, I just, we were talking and we just thought it would be a great idea. Something y'all be interested in having a Shani to Chic home decor and furniture line through at home. And Ashley and I were like, like jaw dropped, you know, <laughs> there was no hiding our emotion either. We were like, <laughs> I mean, it was pretty obvious, but he waited like, he's a really cool guy. And he waited like, I think it, it meant a lot to him to see that we were so excited. So, and it's cool for us because our grandmother has helped raise us because our dad left when we were young. And she, her favorite store was Garden Ridge, which turned into at home. Like it got rebranded. Oh, that's so cool. Oh my gosh. Like she, she passed away before all this happened, but we're like, we know that she's in heaven and she's like, this is like, it's just such a full circle moment for that to be the store that approached us and like Ashley said, like we literally almost said no to both of those things just because they didn't pay that well. Well, the budget wasn't, th- yeah. Yeah, the they budget didn't wasn't pay there, that well. And then yeah, we were, were like, away. Eh. <laughs> I don't know if it'll like do anything for us, but we yeah. were like, no, we'll just say yes. We never say no to opportunities. And, and, and it was like, okay, so like a week before that, we got our final after a week three, before we got the email from, from the CEO. We, yes. We, a week before that, we got our final no from HGTV. That was like, we had been on that cheerleading tryout for three years and they finally were like, we're done. We're not moving forward at all. And that felt like such a huge blow. Like it felt for us a little bit career ending just because it just felt like that at the time. But like, what do you do from there? Like, yeah, you like know, you got to know there like it's the done. Thing. It's not. Yeah. And it was just a great example to us of like how, you know, the door closes, but the window opens and the window that opened was so much cooler than that door ever was, you know? So (laughs) we always tell people like, you know, we always say, try to always say yes to all opportunities. If they seem, even if they don't pay well, give it a shot because those have been for us the biggest opportunities that we've experienced or ones that didn't seem that great on the surface but then they turned into like huge things for us. So yeah, I think it's important that you guys weren't putting all your eggs in one basket, right? You know, with the HGTV yeah. thing that you were staying focused on the brand, you were staying focused on the business. That was an opportunity. Yes, but it wasn't everything. Um, and I, and I think that happens a lot is ironically, Brad and I have been in a few shows or events lately where they've had um, individuals who have been on television uh, speak and give keynotes, and they were wonderful and fantastic. But the perspective of how their lives change between when shooting is happening and not happening is so dramatic. And it's almost just like they own you when you're on television. And then on the other side of it, it's like, well, what do I do when they drop me? 
And if you're not yeah. focusing on the brand, if you're not focusing on the core of your business throughout, that's that's really where you can get hurt. And I think that that's an important and, and brilliant piece of it, just general business advice, right? Is that like if, if, if you know, if one client comes in and I think this is, uh, you know, Brad and I, I have an undergraduate degree in business. Brad has his MBA because he's Brad. But like with <laughs> that, that thing. Yeah. you know, that, that general business concept of the 70-30 rule, right? If like one of your revenue streams becomes 70% of your entire business, uh, you need to reevaluate where your income is coming from because that is the that's like almost where the tipping point is of failure. If something happens and you lose that, everything crumbles because it's not sustainable anymore. And I think it's it's that's important cool. to have that perspective when you're going into any sort of opportunity. Um, and 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 I think it's really cool that you guys saw HGTV and were like, well, you know, this is it's not going to work out, and boom. Pff, Another monster opportunity presents itself because you stayed level-headed, you stayed, you know, true to the core, as you stated earlier, which was the business. Um, and, I, and I think that's a smart piece of adaptable advice to any type of business, whether you're trying to get into television or you're trying to, you know, sell tables and, and furniture for a living. Well, and to yeah, all makers, 70, I like that seventy percent because that's not even financially. That's you know, looking at at social media, you mm -hmm. know. You don't want your 70% all in Instagram or all in Pinterest because when it's gone, it sucks. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, Brad and I talk about that a lot is diversifying your portfolio as an influencer. And just because you don't specifically own those platforms doesn't mean that you can't be on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, oh, Facebook, yeah, your own website, and then having some sort of product to sell as well. Um, and and we're seeing what we're seeing is a lot of uh, like myself's micro influencers who are becoming completely dependent on a single platform. And once mm -hmm. the once a brand's campaign or say um, popularity dries up on that platform, they almost become non-existent. And then they're like mm -hmm. starting yeah. from scratch to rebuild. And you're like, well, I had this massive following. And then, you know, and you yeah. don't want to put yourself in that position. And and that's what I love about your guys' business is that you've you've it's almost like you like you had the foresight to know that that was going to happen and you saw it and you're like, well, you know, the, the website's always going to be our focus and our hub. And, and by the way, the, uh, I was just on the site and it's absolutely incredible. Like it, it looks Thank fantastic. You. The usability is amazing. I mean, I know you guys that's put a lot of time and effort into it. And then you're like, OK, there's opportunities in video. There's opportunities in in plan sales. There's opportunities in perhaps, you know, uh, guest appearances or television but it's always been core to stay shanty to chic. Um, and I think the way, ironically, Chip and Joanna Gaines have gone about building the Magnolia empire has been mm -hmm. very true to staying Magnolia Genius. and not yes. letting yep. television take away from. Oh, yeah. um, and, and I see resemblance within your guys' business as well. It's like, you know, no, you're not taking shanty to chic. We don't care where we get pulled in what direction. Um, and I love it. And, and I also love how. I know there's probably been opportunities to sell out hard, right? Like, yeah. oh, this this is, you know, we could easily go and do this or incorporate, say, yeah. more complex tools or or anything like that to make it to change from that core audience. Because I, I can tell from the way you guys put out content um, that the core audience has been extremely important to your brand as well. Why don't you guys touch on that a bit and how, you know, you guys have always made sure that that was where you stayed and, and not sold out just because, you know, a, a chunk of change or some new opportunity was there. Well, I think TV is the best, like most solid example that we've done for that. Um, just because 
it was very like for us, there were it was the stuff that that they weren't pleased about was very physical and it was very, um, you know, like that we dressed too similar or they wanted one of us to be the designer and one of us to be the builder. Um, they wouldn't mention Shani to Chic like that was our brand, but they wouldn't acknowledge that since it wasn't like part of the storyline. So yeah. I think we when those were approached and they wanted to re air with that kind of take on it, both of us were just like, no, that's that's not who we are. Yeah. And maybe it would have landed us a show, but like it that we would we were we had said from the very beginning, if we were going to do it, we were going to be true to who we are. So for me, the TV was the most solid example. And as far as like our audience goes with, you know, we picked up the following really quickly that we did, not just because we were in at the right time. It was also, I think, because we were bringing um, easy plans to people that have never touched tools before. And it you know, that there's a huge market for that for us and it clicked and it worked. So we're going to stick to that because there's always going to be new, new homeowners, new married couples, people that want to save money on their houses that have never touched a tool and it works for us. So we just keep with it. And, and we just I try to know. figure out like when we think of a plan, we think, okay, like I could build this this way, but how can I make it easiest for people to build with minimal amount of tools. So that's kind of like what we're always like striving for in our plans, just to stay true to what we started with. And then like y'all were talking about platforms and Ashley's been so good about this lately. Like we knew, we've known from the beginning and y'all I'm sure know this too. Every platform is a different kind of reader. It's a different demographic. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yes. Our Pinterest readers or followers, they want to see one thing. Our Instagram followers want to see, it could be the exact same project, but they want to see a different thing. And our Facebook is totally the other thing. So a lot of people will do the same picture or the same thing. Some of them even use like plugins and do it on all three to save time. I think the reason that we've grown consistently on every single platform is because we do the post on our website for those people. And then when we share it on social we share it differently for every platform in a way that it reaches to that specific group of people. Because otherwise, it's like you're in a rat wheel. Like, what's the point if it's not going to do anything for you? And so it's just, Ashley's like super creative about thinking about like what this group would want <laughs> and this group would want. Yeah. And so we always try to do that. And I think that's one thing that a lot of um, influencers, if you want to call it, you know, don't, and brands don't don't do really well with their social media accounts oh that's something i struggled with forever right brad it's like we looked at my content and because i was making custom furniture for clients and then building content around it and then trying to be an influencer they're completely different markets right the the market and we talk about this on the show a lot the market for a buyer as far as a piece of furniture and the market for someone who wants to build it or watch someone else build it are two different individuals And so gearing your strategy to fit that individual is how you actually win when creating content. And that was something for me that didn't really like make sense until, I mean, I feel like I want to say yesterday or like a week ago. It's like, (laughs) because it still feels brand new to me that I'm finally like feeling like the content I'm putting out on YouTube specifically is fitting the YouTube audience for my content instead of me just doing whatever I feel like when I feel like it for whomever and then hoping it Mm -hmm. does well. So, uh, you know, we, and we've said on the show a ton that 
if you're not gearing your content on a platform for that platform, you're not going to yeah. see anywhere close to the growth that you would. Oh, um, yeah. if you, you got to meet them where they're at. Yep. Yes. And I love that you say that you feel like you're, you're learning it yesterday because I think like even 10 years later, we're still learning and you're still like what you, what you're gearing for those audiences now is going to change like yep. in a month or in two <laughs> months, you know, so you <laughs> always have, you can't get on autopilot, which we've done before and it's, it's hurt us and we've come back from it, but you can't be on autopilot and just stick to the status quo. You have to be ready to change like every day. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And it's, and the audiences are changing too, right? I mean, that, oh, yeah. I think that was one of the things that we've, we've talked about a lot on the show is one of the things that uh, really just hit me in the face was, was understanding that not only, I mean, by the nature of what you guys are saying, it's clear, uh, but that they are actually different audiences that like that, that overlap that people get their one platform and that's what they do. And that's why like trying to convert people to go from YouTube to the blog or from Instagram to a YouTube channel and like, and say, Hey, come follow me here. Like they, they're like, dude, I'm, I'm scrolling my Instagram feed. I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm yeah. not linking out. <laughs> like it takes, yeah. it takes a lot of effort to do that and, and get them there. Uh, and just like, understanding that and then on top of that like you know you look at instagram how instagram was in 2013 versus how it is today and part of that is because of the changes in instagram obviously because back then like you know we didn't even have video right it was just pictures now it's more video and and so as the platform changes i think the audience is the audience uh like the actual people may not change but their tastes are changing too and so now you know instagram looks a lot more like youtube than in, it did two years ago or even a year ago. Right. Right. And and with now IGTV, it's like this whole new thing. Right. And so and I know I, I've been watching you guys do it. And, um, you know, so am I going to shoot for Instagram TV like tall or am I going to say flip your phone to watch this? Like there's all these little nuances of like, yeah, what does that audience want to do? Like how many of those people do want to flip their phones? And so or if you decide that, oh, they're not and I'm not getting traction, do you take the time to have your editor go in and, and you know, there's so many different options of how to do it, but none of them are easy and all of them are going to take extra time and is it worth it? So like that, that's kind of the, um, the ongoing as an influencer and a content creator, like what we're always trying to figure out together is like, <laughs> what's next and like what's working and what does the audience want to see? Because in the end, you know, that's, that's what drives it is like they're resonating with it or not. Um, like I will in, say our editor for IGTV, um, he's he's just brilliant as far as like um, he's our family. But like he's just really he he is a, a social media user and he's a little bit younger. And so we just love hear, hearing his ideas and stuff. And I think what he said to that comment to like what you're saying, you know, turn your phone, don't turn your phone. He's like, I think your focus right now, because they are pushing it and they're not monetizing it yet is to just get it on there, whether you yep. do it one way or do it the other and get it on there and have it there because they are, it's going to turn into something. And no matter, you know, like, I don't think it's going to matter so much necessarily one way or the other. You just want to make sure you have, have yourself on that platform when it does get to that point. You know what I so, mean? I think too, like we're talking about how there's different audiences and you know, what works for one doesn't work for the other on the social things. We've also learned because it seems overwhelming to be able to, to meet those audiences on everything. We reuse, <clears throat> we, we reuse content like crazy. So like we're sharing stuff on Facebook that we did back in 2013 and just sharing <laughs> it a different way that we've learned that this platform likes. So 
So it's not like you have to come up with all this like creative extra content. We've got 10 years of old content that we're just going to reuse. Well, I think that pays back to you guys are trying to build a brand, right? You're not just trying to ride a content wave. Like you can, so you can go back and say like, you know, in 2015, we were making very similar content. Like our production's better. We've got some more tools and some stuff's changed, but it's still core to, to what we are doing as a business. Um, and and yeah. some, for like me, for instance, if you watch a video from a year ago, it's completely different than mine is now. But it, it's taken me a couple years to like find out who I actually want to be and what I want the brand to be. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're except that if you're not aware of it, that you'll let it fall to the wayside. And that's where you'll ride trends. That's where you'll find you'll 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 fault in getting horse blinders on. Right. And just looking down yeah. one path instead of seeing the broad picture and then saying, no, we don't want to sell out for television because we you know, love who we are and what we're about now. And then another door opens or a window, like you said. Um, and, and so, like, I think that I think that that's absolutely like brilliant. And I think that it's something you guys do very naturally, which is which is extremely admirable because it is so difficult. Right. Like to adapt to multiple platforms and then like like Brad and I are sitting here like, oh, Instagram, like you're crushing us. Like why? And, yeah. and like, <laughs> now we have to change again. I would, <laughs> I would just encourage you because I was being encouraging earlier when I was saying that before we jumped on is just to remember where remember that's just that's not you. That's just, a, you know, your brand is you or whatever that, you know, and all these platforms are going to do the exact same thing. We've seen it a hundred times. So just we because I, I easily get downhearted in Instagram and then I'm like, no, like that's it is what it is, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I just want to lick your wounds and try again. Find another train. That's <laughs> yes. right. That's exactly right. But don't don't get down about it because it's honestly so like more than Instagram. Well, Facebook sucked for a long time. And just yes. here recently, it's like really picked up for us. So like keep investing in it. Keep mm -hmm. Keep doing what you're doing. We're doing the same thing, and I just try not to look at the numbers. <laughs> and and one day it will come. You know, it'll come back around. They're not going to get rid of it. Right. It all cycles back. So and I, I will I say we. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go go ahead, Whitney. You're well, the guest. I was just you saying, get to go first. We've, yeah, that's right. I was about to say. <laughs> now I will say we've tried a few different things to try to you know like beat the equilibrium or the equilibrium. That's my <laughs> that's my painkillers talking to beat the uh, algorithm. What's it called? Algorithm. algorithm. I was close. We've done a few things to try to like, cause you know, beat that. And I just, I don't necessarily think, I think just, just keep producing great content. Keep putting it out there. Like you always have those readers that we're losing. were never really followers in the first place. And just keep, keep going. Cause it will, it will be, get better eventually. Yeah. It, great content always wins out. I mean, that's a, yes. that is an mm -hmm. awesome takeaway. Uh, what I wanted to hit on, we're, we're coming up close here on the hour, but I did want to talk about a little bit about, uh, because you've referenced it a lot during the show is your team and that, you know, you've been in it 10 years. You, you know, you've, you've hit just in here, you've talked about, you know, website designers, you talked about SEO people, you've talked about videographers. Um, you know, how, how did that journey look for you? Like, when did you guys start bringing people on? What have you found success with? Because that's one of the things that, I mean, even honestly, like myself, like I, I'm asking this selfishly because like I am still trying to build a team. Like I feel it's so hard, but I feel like you guys have done a really good job at it. So well, you, you don't see our failures too. We've had <laughs> failures in that. I mean, Ashley, you speak on this a little bit. We've had more failures than we've had positive. So, I mean, that it is what it is. Like it's, the team is, us right now, we hire out our 
um, editing with our brother-in-law. He's amazing. That's been awesome for us. We've got, um, who else do we, we have our, our, our web designer and our SEO, but other than that, we're like, you know, a lot of people have like the content or the, the social media managers and we're just, it takes a lot of time to do the social media, but we would rather be the voice that our readers hear. That's something that we've always like, it's been important to us. Everybody does it differently, but we're like, if we can't get to all the messages, at least the ones that we get to are hearing from us because they do tell us when they realize it's us responding that they appreciate that it's us responding. Yeah. So I think ours is quality over quantity, I guess, as far as that goes. And we've learned to not overextend ourselves. So we post once a week now. We used to post like three or four times a week. And, you know, we didn't really take a hit monetary wise. So we just try to limit ourselves, I think, and say, you've, say enough is enough. And you also but we did realize good at. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly, yeah. John. That's what I was going to say. We realized very early on, if you go get bored one day and want to look at our first Craig Jig video, that we are not editors. We <laughs> have no idea what we're doing as far as that is concerned. And so we... we Don't don't it, go look at that video. Actually, don't ever. <laughs> I'm but totally going right we, after we get off the call. <laughs> yeah, we're don't judge gonna us. Play though, it. Okay. We're going to have a link to that in the show notes. Just yeah. know that my sunglasses are 3M safety. That's all you need to know. But... <laughs> That, that was like something, you know, when it came to producing our own plans, that was something that we wanted to do because we creatively, we almost needed to be able to do it. We ran into so many roadblocks waiting on somebody or hiring somebody. And that's kind of with editing that it was just something that it wasn't in our wheelhouse. We weren't good at, at it to do it. But then like with videography, like we actually do, we actually shoot our own videos now because we do have like an assistant that our sister that will come and sit with us. And it's, it's almost nice to have because she, it's almost someone that brings up our personalities more on video because she'll mm. chat with us and we'll talk and it just makes it more fun. Um, and then we'll have her push start and stop. But um, as far as like the SEO and stuff like that. I mean, neither of us went to school for that stuff. And it's huge. It's a beast. And so, oh, yeah. you know, we, we know just what we need to know, but there, there's not enough for there's not enough of us to learn every job. So the ones that we absolutely know that we're not good at, we just had to hire those out. It was worth it. So I love that. I mean, like that. I mean, <laughs> how much do we struggle we with suck that? Suck it a lot, so that's why we're <laughs> so we hired. So, so we're the opposite. We're like, well, I feel like I can be better than everyone at this. So, let give me, yeah. give me, <laughs> give me seven weeks, and I will be the best editor in the state of Pennsylvania. Yes. Like, <laughs> what? It. Like, where are you going to find that time? No, I th I, that is absolutely brilliant and sound. More importantly, sound business advice. Uh, if you listen to yeah. any any type of you know business podcast or book or whatever uh, resource it might be, it will always say hire people that can fill the voids of where you're weakest and let yourself focus yeah. on what your strengths are. I think that's an attestment to the Shanty to Chic brand, why you guys have been around for so long that you guys have continued to focus on what you're good at um, in that I love hearing that the business has grown and evolved to include others um, who supplement the things you're not. And, 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 and that also keeps it fun, right? You don't have to be up editing till four o'clock in the morning uh, because you have a release date when you have an editor or when that yeah. system. Yeah, no, I think if, if it's something that takes us away from, like you said, what we're good at and what our bread and butter is, then it's something that needs to be hired out. But then also, like I said, some stuff we just say we can't get to that. 
So yeah, if it's not totally necessary. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that's, uh, I, I like what you said also about like, Hey, we used to post three or four times a week. Now, you know, it's maybe one a week is that being able to control that for yourself and not mm-hmm. being, because I think what a lot of people fall into the trap of, and I've absolutely done it myself is like, I have to post three or four times a week. And then you end up like just putting out some just piece of junk content that's not yes. up to your quality that, you know, you always give. And, and then, you know, people will, you know, people forgive you for every once in a while, right. For the, for the Craig jig video, which that's a different thing. That's, <laughs> that's when y'all started. Right. So you're just learning. But like, once you get going, like when you drop those, just kind of like layups that are like, Oh, well, you know, that, that one wasn't really great, but I'm going to go ahead and put it out. Cause I need to post today. If you do that enough, you know, people notice that. And then like, you'll get comments and like, see it i've I had like i remember putting a piece of content out and someone was like really dude this is kind of crappy like i was like <laughs> i was just like oh. i was like yeah, yeah. i'm like right right in the heart that's, i'm like oh yeah i'm like dude no you're totally right you are totally right when we that's change, such a good point and we've yeah. done that too because i think like halfway through our our 10-year career we we were like we something's got to give we can't keep doing this we felt like we were putting sellout posts just to get a post up and we decided if it's not something that we want every time somebody gets an email notification that we've posted, we want them to know that it's something that we have put all of our thought into and that it's going to be something of quality. So even if it's not something they want to build, it's at least something that's quality. Yeah. And we always said we wanted our website to be like a pretty magazine because like we I would buy magazines and like, you know, you flip through 10 pages to find the one you're looking at flip 10 more pages, find another one that's really cool. But for the most part, it's junk with a few good things. And it's like, we want every page that they read, every page they turn to be quality photography, a quality project. Like there's good, rich content on every single page. Otherwise, just don't post, you know, because it's, there's no sense in it. So yeah. Well, in those posts, it may not, you may not get the numbers immediately because you're not posting as often, but then those are the posts that are evergreen that you can share later on. And so, you know, for five years, we've focused on one post a week. Well, now we've got so many posts we can go back and reshare that we are that we fill a quality posts. So yeah, absolutely, it helps later on. I love it. Well, hey, one thing that we'd like to ask, and and we forgot to prep you, but so on the spot here <laughs> uh, is uh, is any advice for the audience? You guys have obviously seen a lot, done a lot, have had a ton of success. Any advice uh, for folks uh, that you've learned along the way? Maybe people just getting started that you'd like to share. I would say my number one, and we have the same idea, so I'll just give one. I'm sure Ashley has another, is uh, don't get, if this is what you're wanting to do, no matter what part of it it is, whether it's YouTube or a whole brand or whatever, you know, I I guess maybe your top goal should never be, this is what I want. I want it to make me money. Because to me, like for us, it's just like, just make it about like your desire, like your passion. Like our passion is teaching and there's it's so much more rewarding to for you know someone to send us a picture of something they did that we inspired them with rather than a paycheck. You know, it it does pay the bills, but I think your number one focus like if you're wanting to get in it for money, it's just there's so much more involved than that. That would be my first piece of advice. And expect to make no money for a long time. Okay. <laughs> yes. Ashley. I say that 100%. And then also we've heard from the very, very beginning, everything has changed with, with blogging through social media for 10 years. It's, it's been ever changing. But the one thing that hasn't changed is that content is key. So whether whatever platform it may be, your blog, your YouTube, 
your social media channels, focus on having good content. And that's what's going to help you stay successful. And that's something that will never change. So, Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. Because awesome. you can make that content do, you can make one project and diversify it across. However, I like, I love how you said that you guys are using different pictures. Like I, yeah, you hit me in the feels on that one too. I was like, I use the same picture for all of my Brad, stuff. Just, go, <laughs> just go look at, just go look at our Facebook over the last month, Brad. And I'll give Ashley all the credit for that. It's genius. Just go look. It's pretty cool. Oh, believe me, I've already got a note. I'm, I'm going to go okay. check, check it all out. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to have like just a chart now. I know. Just wait. Yeah. I believe that, It's already running in the background. It's scraping all of your, your content eyes. so I can analyze yeah. it. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Well, uh, I, I think this has been a great conversation just to hear the evolution of your business and how you've adapted to change and, and how you guys are, are still just at the forefront um, of you know the whole like DIY movement, especially we didn't really even hit on it, but uh, I know that you're you guys y'all are inspiring a lot of women to get into it who may have been uh, you know just a little bit hesitant to get into it, and I love that part about it that like y'all are like whatever like I'm gonna build a king size bed and just crush it and this huge thing. So I love seeing how you guys are doing it. Uh, it's been fast fantastic to to just personally know you guys over the last what, four years now, I guess. it's It's been awesome. We don't get a chance to talk a lot, but uh, I really enjoy hearing what you guys have said today and helping share with our audience. So thank you so much for, for giving you. us a little insight into your business. Thank you. Thank you all for having us. It was an awesome. honor. I know. Yes. Yep. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, John. Thank you. Man, John, I love Ashley and Whitney. It's like they are so sweet. But they are so savage in business. <laughs> they have just been crushing the game. And they the thing that just impresses me so much is how on point they have been. I've been following them for so long now, you know, well over uh, five years knowing who they were and, and following there and then being able to meet them and, you know, have been friends with them for three to four years now. And they have been so on point with their brand the entire time. It is so impressive. Oh, yeah. The relentless emphasis to not sell out the brand. Uh, I think that's just so impressive. They've continued to adapt and transform to platforms and to new things coming to the market. Well, an amazing conversation. I'm super fired up. I know you are as well. Um, and I and I know the audience probably got a ton of quality info out of that one. Oh, yeah. Some, some juicy nuggets. There. How could you not with uh you know, over 20 combined years of experience. They probably wouldn't like us saying that. They're like, just, it, it's only like two. You know, <laughs> a happy 29th birthday to both of you ladies. Yeah. Uh, if, if you want to see more about the Shane the Sheik sisters and all the awesome stuff they have going on, head over to madeforprofit.com forward slash episode 102. We'll have links to all of their social channels uh, and you can go see everything good they've got to do. Yeah, and we'd love to hear what your favorite part of this episode was over on the Facebook tribe. Head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash made for profit tribe. If you're not already a member, answer those questions and let us know what your favorite part of this episode was. I'd love to hear. Absolutely. All right. And right now we're going to go talk with our patrons in the patron after show. So, John, let's go crush this. Let's do it. 